If you find yourself to be sick and tired of paying for lots of subscription fees, you are not alone. There are loads of people who are done. They're looking at their monthly bills, whether in their business or personal. They're seeing all these subscriptions they have, realizing that some things are really not great for paying a subscription and wondering what they can do to get out of that rat race and get out of that struggle. And this, if you're Listening to this podcast, uh, you might be thinking is a strange topic to cover since this is the subscription web design podcast. Well, the thing is, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about the reality of what some are calling subscription fatigue in the market and whether or not right now, especially in the beginning of 2024, it's a wise time to be building a subscription web design business. Okay, that's what we're going to be covering this time. And so if you have a little bit uneasiness about this, you're not really sure, um, and, and you've been wondering what my thoughts are on sort of the current state of the subscription economy, look no further. This is where we're going to cover that, okay? So what is subscription fatigue? Well, I don't think it really needs too much definition. Subscription fatigue is just this idea of people are tired of paying for subscriptions. Okay, there was once a time when people could just buy something and they owned it, okay? <laughs> they could buy it and they owned it and then that was it. With software, if you wanted to upgrade to the next version, you would need to buy it again and then you would own it and then that's it, okay? With music, you know, your favorite band comes out with a new album, you buy that album and then you own it and then that's it until they come out with another one and then you buy that and you own it. Of course, with subscription software, you pay for it every month, you use it for as long as you pay for it, and then it gets shut off. With music now, we pay for platforms like Apple Music or Spotify. They pay a very, very small percentage, but they pay a percentage of the um, a revenue gain from you actually using the service and the usage that goes into that. And they uh, pay that to the artist, and you don't buy the uh, album. I mean, you still can, but a lot of people don't. You don't actually buy the album and own it anymore. You have access to that album as long as it is on the subscription platform and you are subscribed to the platform. And as soon as you cut off your access, you don't get to listen anymore. Okay. So there's an interesting example. Uh, by the time this comes out, it may be launched. I'm not sure. Um, but if you go to once.com, O-N-C-E, you will see sort of a new family of products being created by the folks at 37 Signals who... Um, they are basically trying to, uh, what's the best way to put this? Well, let me just back up and say they basically kicked off the SaaS revolution with their product called Basecamp. Okay. They were very instrumental in software as a service in the very, very early days. And, and just as they helped people sort of lead the way into that, they also want to help people lead the way back out. Now, what they realized though, and this is important, is that there are some things that do require a sort of ongoing uh, relationship. Some things really are better uh, in terms of software with SaaS, okay? But some things are not. Some things, it would just make more sense to just own it and stop having to pay for it every single month. There's a place for both. And so, like, once.com is their example of that. They're going to be creating different pieces of software in this family of products that are um, designed where you buy for the thing, you pay for it once, and then you own it. But, of course, they still have 
programs like Hey, their email program, and then soft, uh, Basecamp, their uh, project management software that remain on a subscription as a service or software as a service model, subscription based. So where does what we're talking about land? Are, are subscriptions going to be totally going away? Well, I think the answer to this is an obvious no. So let's just start there before we get into the specifics of subscription web design. Are subscriptions going away? Absolutely not. In fact, I see them being um, uh, adopted now more than ever. Uh, for the longest time, Amazon has had a subscribe and save option. And now even Walmart is getting into that game and lots of other platforms as well. I believe I bought some shoes uh, for my wife for Christmas on Zappos and they too even had an option where you could like su subscribe. I even forget exactly how it works, but it was really interesting. Okay. So there's all these different uh, platforms out there that are adopting this idea of a subscription because of the convenience. But there are other reasons too. Um, convenience, security, um, the, the maintaining of a relationship, uh, ongoing support and help. There are lots of reasons why you might actually still want to pay for a subscription. And I don't think the subscription model itself is a fad. I think it is very much here to stay. Um, it's been here for 20, going on, you know, getting close to 30 years now as a daily, uh, regular part of our lives. And I don't think it's going anywhere. So while there is subscription fatigue, because not everything should be a subscription, there are a lot of things that actually still should be. And so that sort of leads to the big question. If some things are just better on a subscription, does web design fall into that category? And if it falls into that category, does it fall into that category for just the web designer? Or is it better for the client as well? Now, to be clear, I think there are going to be conflicting opinions on this. I'm just going to give you my hot take on the matter, okay? I don't think it serves the client well to sell a client a website, okay? To say, I'm going to charge you $5,000. You're going to purchase a website from me, a built website from me. I don't think that serves the client well. Why? Well, because a website is not like a house, Okay, and this is the fundamental thing that I think web designers have been getting wrong for a long time. A web design project is not like a house. When you think about a house, you've got the house and then you've got the insurance, right? You have to keep the insurance on the house, okay? So you've got the house, you build the house, and then the insurance keeps the um, house uh, from falling over, right? Or when it does, you are sort of protected on that. And then you've got all these other things that you're paying for maintenance on the house. You pay... Uh, maintenance on a regular basis for HVAC, right? You pay for the utilities that go into the house. You pay all these other things sort of, um, you know, tangential to the house, whereas the house you pay for, you're going to pay the bank for it for a while, but let's just say you could write a check, right? You write the check to the bank, they build the house, or write a check to the contractor, rather, they build the house, and then you still have all these other services around it that you have to pay for, okay? That is one way of thinking about it. But I don't think that's how we should think about a website because a website is more, in my opinion, like a living organism, okay? Your website is not standing in isolation, okay? It's in an environment where things are constantly changing and flexing. 
And for example, Google could change one thing overnight and it dramatically changed the amount of traffic you get to your website. Okay. If you are working with an active business, that business is going to have new products, new services, new initiatives, changes, staff turnover, all kinds of things going on in their business that affect what is on the website. Okay. The website is alive. It's not something that we just stand up once and then we keep it from falling over with a maintenance plan. Right, that's where I think maintenance plans go wrong. Now, it's better to have a maintenance plan than not to have one. That's a really good entry point into subscription web design. But if the website is like a living organism, then it makes sense that the person who manages, who's basically the webmaster who builds and manages the website, it makes sense to have that ongoing relationship. And so if you're going to have that, if that's the expectation that should be set from the beginning, then why not go ahead and frame the entire thing under the umbrella of that subscription, okay? And you can use different language for this. My friend Adam uses the language of a service package. He sells them a service package, and that's a fine way of putting it. The way that I like to put it is that it's a managed website, okay? It's not just a website. It's a managed website. It's a website that is managed by the website manager, which is, in this case, my agency or your agency, okay? So it's, it's a difference. If you want to think about a website as sort of a sort of traditional, you build it and then you keep it from falling over, that's fine. What you need to sell clients on is the benefits of a managed website. And there's lots of roads you can go down here. For example, it's not the business owner or the client's job to know how to maintain or manage a website or to make design changes as, as the business updates and changes, or even to write copy for the website necessarily. These are all things that as the web professional, you should be doing, or you should be facilitating as sort of like a general contractor even, if you wanted to think about it that way, okay? So thinking about the website as a living, breathing organism, it makes sense to do it in the context, for the, for the business context to be an ongoing relationship. And so yeah, subscription web design is better for you because you can avoid that feast or famine cycle and create uh, revenue that is consistent from month to month, but it's also better for the client because it recognizes the reality of what a website really is. It's something that continually needs to be looked after, managed, maintained, updated, upgraded, backed up, secured, found on Google, and more by the expert in those things, which is you and me, okay? Before we go, I wanna leave you to, with just one quick thought here. And that is that it's really important to pay attention to what people do versus what they say, all right? So you might have a lot of people who complain about the fact that they have all these subscriptions, but the reality is, is that they still have the subscriptions. And people would complain. Remember, the reason why SaaS and all these other things have cropped up is because people used to complain about having to pay for new versions of software when it came out. Or they used to complain about having terrible support. Or used to complain about having to pay just to talk to somebody on the phone. SaaS solved all those problems because it created a relationship. And that's why it's still better in many cases to have that subscription and that ongoing relationship. So that's what I encourage you to present to your clients. Now, if they say they don't want to pay on a subscription basis, again, it's your job as a salesperson to help them understand the trade-offs and the pros and cons, and maybe it's not right for them. Maybe they do just want to own it, 
There are plenty of web designers out there who will sell them a website that they own and that they then have to figure out how to use after the fact. That doesn't mean that you have to fall into that though and to be the designer that works on that basis where it just continues to promote that feast or famine cycle and isn't a good deal ultimately for the client. That's why I'm very opinionated on this. That's why we're not very flexible. When people come to us, we don't really take one-off projects. We work in this model because we sell managed websites. I hope that helps. It's a bit of a hot take, I think, on the subscription economy. I think a lot of people aren't thinking how we are. But I still think in 2024 that this is the best way forward. I really do. So I um, encourage you to leave your comments and questions. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're following along on the podcast, shoot me an email. Uh, Steve at NorthMacServices.com is where you can reach me. I'm happy to answer your questions there. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. You guys take care. Hey, friends, just a quick heads up as we close out today's episode. So there's this event coming up I'm really excited about. It's the Simply Profitable Designer Summit. It's all about finding new, practical ways to make our web design businesses more profitable and honestly, more enjoyable. I'll be there sharing some insights and I've got some fresh perspectives to share that I think you'll find really valuable, especially if you're into making your income more predictable, as I know many of you are. Plus, there's going to be a bunch of other speakers who are absolutely brilliant at what they do. And here's the best part. It's totally free to attend. So you can get all of this information and action and inspiration without leaving your desk or even your couch. So if you're interested, just head over to subscriptionwebdesign.com slash summit to get your ticket. Subscriptionwebdesign.com slash summit. It's a great opportunity for us to learn some new strategies together. Oh yeah, I'll be there too. And maybe even shake things up a little bit in our businesses. I really hope to see you there.